Welcome to part one of six of Urban Desi Documentary Podcast to guide visitors of the legacy pop-up celebrating South Asian women in music co-produced by my partners, Product of Culture. This episode is an introduction to go towards defining what is Urban Desi and what is the Urban Desi Documentary and Encyclopedia all about. My name is Terry Mardi and I'm the author and curator of Urban Desi Doc. I've spent over 20 years in the South Asian music industry, building platforms and assisting in the careers of many household names in Desi music, film, fashion and culture. As South Asians mourned the effects of partition at the hands of the British in the homes, lives, hearts of the extraordinary yet common man and woman, glimpses of hope were heard in the entertainment of common people, and none more commonly enjoyed than in music. Music provided a means of escape from normality, and often a means to express the taboo realities in song and composition that green-lit a more honest expression of emotion where words and social soapboxing would not permit. A moral optimism came when migration began from the Indian subcontinent and cosy colonies of the middle-class excellence such as East Africa. This optimism was carried and embedded in folk songs, classical ragas, devotional songs, spiritual hymns, and even the popular motion pictures of the mid-20th century. Where the pictures were not accessible to the poor, the music was beyond class. Radio provided a platform for the poetic compositions of R.D. Berman to project its audible light on the masses. British music companies such as HMV, later to become Sarigama, used advances in recording technology to seed a recorded music industry in India more than 120 years ago in the 1890s. As the motion pictures or talkies began to ship reels across the world, the music travelled with it. Vinyl, yes, remember vinyl? Found its way to western shores with its migrants seeking, seeking a better life. These discs became the soundtrack to their struggle in triumph alike. Entrepreneurial South Asian businessmen sought to create a market and an array of broadcasters, recording companies, distributors, all began to set up shop to serve this growing demand in the UK, North America and a handful of other countries in Europe. Supply and demand drove the beginnings of the British Asian music industry. Over time, as settlers began to integrate more, not without resistance from the hostile host nations, the tastes and ears of the migrant community diversified as they were exposed to more and more Western music. Jazz, rock and roll, blues, soul, disco, reggae, and in the 70s, hip-hop music began to seep into the consciousness of the British Asian community. This was happening in other countries too. The reasons were often ethnographic and a, sometimes economical. So a bond of empathy united people, particularly people of colour, under historical and inherited circumstances. So it would be common for immigrants such as black and Asians to work together. So listening to the factory radio, for example, in car stereos, as they blared out redemption songs, the British Asians were exposed to the bass lines and grooves made sweeter by the camaraderie and mutual respect. 
It was a matter of time before musicians would pick up on this organic medley and begin to produce records that seeded a new identity. It didn't have a name. It was a sound. It was a look. It was a fusion of influences that spawned the beginning of what I later coined as Urban Asian and then Urban Desi in the late 90s, when we needed to categorise music for one or more of the dot-coms that catered for the hyphenated British-Asian sound. Brasian.com and Yara.com were online sources for Asian fusion content at the end of the 90s and into the millennia. The branding was rugged, torn edges, scratchy textures synonymous with hip-hop culture of the time. Brasian's logo, for example, was made of the Samarkand font, a play on the Sanskrit typography, and the tagline in a graffiti font that represented the street dreams we fantasised about and adopted as our own identity on the streets of the United Kingdom. Meanwhile, similar alchemy was happening in labs across North America, and what later became American Desi culture was being germinated in an experimental fashion. It's clear from facts and research that the origins of Urban Desi stem from a sound. Just as hip-hop sampled funk, Urban Desi self-defined through a broader, a myriad of influences. Heavily and primarily influenced from a palette of modern Western musical instruments, samplers and Western pop arrangements, whilst mashing up the sounds of popular South Asian folk, classical and semi-classical music, and scales to pique the interest of the diaspora. The Urban Desi Encyclopedia and Documentary is a body of research that began with a personal archive collected over decades since the 80s and 90s, which has grown to a collection of curation of memories, artifacts, lost, lost stories and facts that piece together to write the history of Urban Desi in the most truthful, definitive and accurate way, as a means for future generations to discover the importance of their heritage, culture and identity. Move ahead to the next episode to hear some introductory facts about South Asian women in music in the 1970s. For more information, follow at Urban Desi Doc on Instagram.